power. Our LSU. Boom! All night long. Yes. Let's go! Let's go! We had fall practice today. Pretty excited about that. Obviously, we have a lot to get to tonight, okay? One of the biggest stories surrounding LSU football right now is the status of Jimmy Lindsey, the defensive line coach. Brian Kelly did update us today that they, of course, are taking that day by day. I think a lot of you listened to the live stream yesterday, and that's essentially what LSU's position is right now. So what I'm going to do is share with you a few different things today. Let me actually over. You might be able to hear me a little bit louder now. There we go. Um, This is where I am uh, right now. Type Y for yes, type in for no, if you can hear me uh, more clearly now. Um, I truly do believe this. Okay. Wait, what was this? Thanks for fixing the intro so the ad at the beginning doesn't cover up the beginning of the live feed. Uh, There you go. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Good to see you. Um, Good. All right. This is where I want to be very clear. Okay. I feel as if this first practice... All the media was there. Okay. Now they can only film certain portions of the practice, but all the media was there. I like the fact that Brian Kelly is doing something that the other coaches have not done. Ed Orgeron and Les Miles were notoriously tight with their media access. The offensive and defensive coordinator was never made available to the media. Um, Rarely, if ever, unless it was an introductory press conference. Um, The media has more practice access. Now, I'm looking at each and every one of you. You will also have injury reports, as Brian Kelly uh, emphasized today. And he also talked about being very proactive with um, gambling, letting the players know don't have any gambling apps on your phone at all. And remember, the gambling applications have geolocation functions, so they know where you are at all times, right? And they know if you're using the app, you know, obviously in the facility. Um, There's so many different things that Brian Kelly touched on. And the players, uh, the, the media had full access to practice, okay? But what I want to do is I like to focus on more so the football side of things. And today, the major takeaway that I received from multiple sources who were at the full practice, some of them were medium, and there was somebody else who was there uh, for the practice that wasn't media. And what I want to do is talk about this one question that was asked to Brian Kelly 
And I want you to listen very closely to this answer. It's just what do you see as far as that battle? Is that is that typical for one-on-one battles? Oh, yeah. because when well, there's no pass rush. And really, it's a really um, good takeoff question for us to uh, really kind of when, when we observe these drills, you know, we talk to the defensive backs about the deficit that they have in this particular drill so they don't get frustrated um, because there is no pass rush. There is no clock, right? Um, they're playing man-to-man on a field that's 53 and a third by 120, right? They have the whole field, and the receiver can do whatever he wants out there. So it's so important that they understand that the drill is really about their technique. It's not about a winner or a loser in that drill. Um, so it's it's so important that technique is at the front of their mindset when they go into that drill. So we're really looking at that more than anything else. And the first couple of drill um, reps, we had safeties that had their eyes on the quarterback. You certainly can't do that in a one-on-one drill. It becomes a man-to-man drill. And so you're teaching that along the way. So the observations are right, but in the way you have to look at it is – it is a slanted drill for the offense, and it's really built on the technique for the defense. So we'll hear from Brian Kelly a little bit later. If you guys want me to play more of the press conference, I happily can do that very thing. But the major concern that I received from everyone that I spoke to is the defensive back room. Okay. Um, Here's my thing. I never let one practice, all right? I never, I will never let one practice or even one game decide my opinion on any one player or any one position group. But what I will relay to each and every one of you is this was the case during the spring where the wide receivers, I would venture off and say 90% of the time, um, had their way with the defensive backs. And then you had the spring game. We always say, don't get too carried away with the spring game. Well, uh, you guys watched the spring game, and our defensive backs struggled. Okay? Now, once again, I'm very supportive of everybody on this team. I want everyone to understand that. But then we played this at the time. We won't play this again now. Brian Kelly, when he had a great interview with Josh Pate at SEC Media Days, um, he was talking about the weakness or potential weaknesses of the team. And uh, that wasn't necessarily the question, but Brian Kelly brought up the secondary. You know, when you have transfers coming in and out, you really don't know how they're going to play in your system and with LSU until you actually see them on the field. And he mentioned the secondary. Um, I, I think now at this point, after today, it is pretty clear that that's going to be the biggest question mark, especially considering the first game of the season. Florida State, arguably their best position group, are their skill guys on the outside, especially since they have Opelousas native Keon Coleman coming in and Johnny Wilson, uh, who had a big game versus us last year. Now, I will say this, okay? I still believe in this group. I still think this group is very talented. I really do. Okay. And I understand that not every defensive back group is going to be 2011 LSU or 2019 LSU. 
not what I'm saying at all. I am just telling you that now that we have a couple of these kind of, you know, clues here, that is, I think, where LSU feels is is a big concern. So I I hope that this group turns out to be the best secondary we have ever seen. I still think that this secondary is going to be pretty solid. I do. Okay. But especially when you look at all the other position groups where LSU is pretty much loaded, uh, that is a room with, you know, the most fluctuation. Okay. But as Brian Kelly uh, astutely pointed out, I hate it when these NFL beat writers tweet out clips of, you know, running back juke in a corner in a one-on-one pass drill because you have all that space to work with. It's not game-like at all. I get that. Okay, so Brian Kelly, everything he said is right. He was defending his group. Um, But there is concern because we are going up against – one of the best quarterbacks in the country and one of the best groups of receivers in the country. It could be the best of both in game one. So let me ask you guys this. Type Y for yes, type in for no. You are worried about this LSU secondary. Type Y for yes, type in for no. Let me know what you guys think. Now, I am... Not the doom and gloom guy. I always just tell you what I see. All right. That's just how I am. But I feel really good about our front seven. Feel really good about our linebackers. Feel really good about our offensive line. Obviously, I feel really good about our quarterback play. Our receivers are very stout. Okay. It might just be that our defensive back. Uh, room is just going up against the best set of receivers in the country. And we very well could have the best set of receivers in the country. We are no doubt at least in the top five. Okay. Look, if I have to go up against Malik neighbors and Aaron Anderson and, and Mason Taylor, uh, I, I'm probably no matter how good of a defensive back you're, you are, you're probably going to get beat by those guys every now and then. Um, so, look, it's it's tough. Obviously, in that practice setting, the receivers are always going to have an advantage. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I am concerned. I, I am concerned. Not to the point where I think I am, you know, backing off a potential CFP run. But, you know, when you piece it all together, that is is the big question. Because it is hard, really, to find a whole lot of big holes on this team. It just is. It, it's really hard. This off at the line should be pretty good. This wide receiver grouping should be pretty good. The quarterback room should be pretty good. You got eight scholarship guys with John Emery officially, you know, being back. Your defensive line should be pretty good. Okay, Uh, I do have some worry with that and who actually fits where and how the rotation is going to be. And obviously our coach, I hope Jimmy Lindsay gets better, as we said, to start the live stream linebacker. Obviously, we got some really good transfers in and we got the freaking best linebacker we may ever have at this school. But the secondary is is just up in the air and that's all there is to it. Um, So. 
we, we're going to need Robert Steeples and Kerry Cooks to really push these guys to be the absolute best that they can be. Now, Boots on the Ground told me basically that, okay? Some of this is just my personal evaluation on this on the situation because I wasn't at the practice. But this is what I heard from people that were there, okay? Now, next thing. I don't want anyone to take this as me not believing in these guys. I believe in every LSU player that puts on that helmet. I cheer for every LSU player that puts on that helmet. We do we do need to figure this out, though. We, we really, really, really do. Um, maybe a guy like Matthew Langlois. You guys know he's one of my favorite players on the team. Point P, New Roads, Louisiana. Okay. So, Jared, you're the first Super Chatter of the night. We'll go uh, to whichever topic you want to go to. But understand, this is not me being negatiger. That is not... It's not me at all because you can also spin it the other way and that this LSU wide receiver room is absolutely stacked. Okay. And the guy that I feel just speaking to people that were at the practice, they felt Aaron Anderson separated himself in this practice. Okay. Once again, some of this is just the media that was there. Some of this also was somebody else that was there. And they feel Aaron Anderson is going to be him. Okay. I like Aaron Anderson a lot. I really, really, really do. Um, but now that he is out there, I mean, hell, they gave him Uno. Okay. You don't just give anybody Uno. You you better be him. Okay. You better be him. Okay. Let me see. Let me see if I could find the uh, Aaron Anderson clip here. Um, I kind of want to play it for all of you gorgeous people. I think this is it right here. I want to play this clip. So. Here it is. Uh, I want to play it for you really quickly. And we're going to get into all of your comments today. Okay. And now that he's out here and healthy, what do you see in him? And did he flash it all today? Yeah, I mean, we didn't do a lot with him. You know, is mostly, you know, running him out of the slot receiver. I think there's going to be a lot more to see from him, you know, as we continue to build the offense. Uh, I think you'll see him involved in touching the ball in other areas as well, um, you know, from the backfield. Um, I think you'll see him in the special teams game. So today was the first glimpse. Obviously, um, he's he's got speed, explosiveness. Um, he's kind of what we thought he would be. Our strength coaches really, um, really liked his work ethic, um, very strong in the weight room. Um, so, 
I would say that um, I think we've just scratched the surface in terms of what we can do with them. There you go. Those audio clips via Mike Scarborough. How about that? Aaron Anderson. He's coming in hot, Brian. Okay. But I ain't no another podcaster, Scooby. I am him. <laughs> but like I said, to what Brian Kelly said a minute ago, um, the the drills do heavily favor the wide receiver. Okay, they do. So once again, I'm not I'm not telling you to to to, to go panic and try and get it. To, get your money back for your tickets or whatever. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just telling you that, you know, these kinds of things have just kind of piled up. And I was, I was a little shocked uh, at how forthright some people were at the practice about the secondary. Again, really excited about the group and hopefully they do gel and come together. Okay. As Michael B. astutely points out, no defensive line, no linebackers affecting that. Okay. Let's go to Chance here. Uh, pretty cool story. Jacoby Stevens is back with LSU football as an administrative assistant. So I've actually seen this with a few other players that were really good. But they weren't in the NFL forever. So, obviously, like, Nicholas Percent is very similar to Jacoby Stevens, right? They were very good players, okay? But they definitely weren't, like, the greatest of the great. And you wouldn't never think that they would have had the longest NFL careers. And now they're back. And those two guys, I really appreciated both of them. And I'm super glad that they're part of the program. I've seen this at some other programs that they do this. Um, today, Florida State actually brought back Nick Leary. He was a tight end for them for a long time, and he is kind of back with the team doing the same thing. Some of these players turn into strength and conditioning coaches. Some of these players use this opportunity as a springboard to get another uh, coaching job, whether it's at the high school or college or even NFL level. Um, we saw just a few years ago, Kelvin Shepard made the jump up to the Lions. Uh, so there you go. And look, it could just be the final thing I'll say about the defensive back thing. It could just be that our wide receivers, Jaden and Nuss are just that good. And it could be that. Now, next thing, um, I'll bring up here is Jaden Daniels. So for the patrons, if you're a member of the Patreon, I do have a film study coming out from the practice, okay? Um, and that'll be available to patrons. Once again, if you sign up for the Patreon, you get a Joe Burrow card in the mail from me, okay? Um, I had a really good day today, so I'm feeling extra spicy. I'll give out a Joe Burrow card. Well, I always do that. But like we brought up last night, 
if we do get to the hundo mark tonight, um, John Emery, he is officially back with the team. If we hit the hundo mark, one of you will win this John Emery card right here. And I'll also give out one of my Drew Brees cards right here. Even though he coached against us last, I'll give out a Drew Brees card right there. And uh, also send you a sticker. There you go. Huh? Huh? Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I feel really good about uh, these coaches coming back and being a part of the program. I like Jacoby Stevens a lot. Obviously, he probably had the hardest hit of the post-targeting era, right? So, like, the, the hardest hit is uh, – there's a lot. Chad Jones versus Joe Adams. Leron Landry has a ton of them as well. But that hit he put in the national championship game versus Clemson was iconic. Um so, yeah, I'm really excited about that. Let's go to Michael B. He's been very supportive of, of me. I just love me some Michael B. I just hope Jordan Travis doesn't have the game of the century against us like he did last year. Yeah, he didn't miss, man. He did not miss. And his receivers kind of let him down. Hopefully Jackson Howard does the same thing. Also, you guys know I'm a jersey number snob. We handed out a lot of single digits today. And no, we did not hand out number seven. Okay. I am a jersey number snob. If you want a single digit number, you better come in and ball the frick out okay so these are your new jersey numbers at lsu the recent changes so terrence welsh went from number 27 to number five okay that's jay ward um carrie vincent more, most recently jordan allen went from number 19 to number six major burns goes from number 28 to number eight and I swear I saw Andre Sam have number eight at some point. Then he got moved to 38, but now he's number 19, which was Jordan Allen's old number. Okay. It's all about the lowest digit number you possibly can get. That's just always how it's been. That's why Deshaun Womack went from number 49, kind of an iconic number at LSU for defensive ends, to number 17. Okay. It's all about the lower digit number. Okay. Lots of New Jersey numbers. And of course, our guy Ovia Gufu down to number two. So fired up. So freaking fired up.
Let's see. Not a fan of the number zero? Man, you gotta have a number zero, baby. Gotta, gotta have a number zero. Oh, Florida State. Yeah, they also have uh, Destin Hill. Gotta have the number zero. Zero, one, two, and four all in the front seven. Yes. Some people love the lower digit jersey number aesthetic. I'm down with it. I thought something that was very interesting if you are a jersey number snob like me. I know this is basketball, but the Trailblazers... No matter what happens with this Dane Lillard situation, he wore single-digit zero. But they drafted Scoot Henderson, a top-five pick. He also won a number zero, so they gave him double zero, which is crazy to me because zero and double zero are the same thing. It's the same number, but that's one way they got around it. So if Scoot turns out to be Dame, what if some other kid wants to come in can he be triple zero? Okay. I like the traditional position. Yeah. Why I why do you think I like Jack Besh, Jarvis Landry, Terrence Tolliver, Jared Mitchell? They wore jersey numbers in the 80s. That's what it's all about, baby. Wide receivers wearing jersey numbers in the 80s. But I do like a defensive lineman in a single-digit number. That aesthetic is undefeated. But remember, you can go back and listen to our interview we did with Lance Hurd. He wants a single-digit. But he's an offensive lineman. You're discriminating against the most important position. Okay? That's all I got to say about that. It's got a right super chat. Is having one bell cow running back the thing of the past? It's been since LF7. Keep up the great work. Really good question. All right. So let's break down LSU backfields. And at the same time, let's break down other backfields. Okay. If you were to ask me, hey, Carter, who is the best designer? Of the run game in the SEC, it would be Lane Kiffin. The way he designs his runs are so creative. And he does a really good job of showing you so many different looks. And last year, he had one of the best one-two running back punches we have seen in the SEC. Zach Evans and and Quinshawn Judkins. They were really good. Okay. Um Still, I know Zach Evans had some injury issues, but Ole Miss would still feed Quinshawn Judkins a lot. And I mean a lot. Basically, till the wheels fell off. 20 carry, 30 carry games here and there, and he never really had a bad game. He was really good. 
Now, I'm still a little sour that they gave the award to him over Harold Perkins. Are you freaking kidding me, SEC? Are you freaking kidding me? We know, we know Harold Perkins deserved that award. Still, Quinshaw Juckett's a very good player. He is a bell cow back. Arkansas's Raheem Rocket Sanders, bell cow back. Now, I would argue that a lot of their carries was also because their backups weren't that good. Right? Zach Evans got hurt, so after Zach Evans, there was a drop-off. Arkansas didn't have many great backup running backs, so he stuck with Raheem Rocket Sanders. Okay? Um, you know, when it comes down to like the term bell cow, how would you define that? Would it be a back who gets 20 carries regardless of the game script? Um, it's it's a difficult thing to define. Now, when it comes to LSU running back backfields, have there been more bell cow backfields than non-bell cow backfields? And the answer is actually kind of in the middle. Okay, let's take a look at some of the the the, the great rushing attacks at LSU. All right, so obviously you bring up Leonard Fournette, 2015 Fournette. Keep in mind, 2015 Fournette was more of a bell cow than 2016 Fournette because of the emergence of Darius Geis. Fournette was a bell cow um, with a really good backup. Whereas you take a look at like 2011 LSU, obviously Jacob Hester was the guy. And he, he had all the clutch carries and all the crunch time reps. But it was also a good mixture. There was five running backs on that 2011 team that had 35 carries or more. Let me repeat that. There were five running backs on 2011 LSU that had 35 carries or more. It's a lot. That's a lot of toting. Um, and that was because we were more of a run-based attack. We had a really good offensive line. Okay? But, you know, I it, it oftentimes, Roby, comes down to who do you have behind your starter? And it also comes down to how much better is the starter compared to the rest of the backs in the backfield. Okay? So here's a good example. Take a look at the 2012 room. All right? Stacked room. Stacked room. And I've shared this story before. I'll share it again. I worked for Cody Worsham, who is now with LSU football, very successful, and he works with the team now. Okay. And Cody had a really good dig magazine. That's where we were. Four Horsemen was the cover. And it was Spencer Ware, Alfred Blue, um, Kenny Hilliard, and um, – Spencer Ware, Alfred Blue, Kenny Hilliard, and who else? Michael Ford. Those four guys were the cover. And then the South Carolina game happened with Jeremy Hill, and then Jeremy Hill became a bell cow after that because he was so much better than those other four who were all really good players. So a lot of it comes down to how much better are you compared to the replacement. For me, Roby, you know uh, – Brian Kelly talked about Logan Diggs, how much he liked him. I don't think of the eight running backs that there is one of those guys that is so much better than all the rest where that guy will be a bell cow. 
I do think there will be like games where this player gets 15 to 20 because he has a hot hand. And then there's another game where Noah Kane might have the hot hand. It's um it's tough. It's really, really, really tough. So so yeah, it's it's it it sometimes just comes down to your personnel and sometimes it comes down to the the RBOC situation. A lot of that is Frank Wilson deciding who deserves what kind of carries. Um but yeah, I, I still think the bell cow is still a thing, right? If you have a Quinshawn Judkins, that's who you want the football uh, to be. Okay. Now, this is breaking news. Arizona is going to the Big 12. All right. Arizona is going to the Big 12. The Pac-12 is falling apart. Okay? I still don't understand this. Like, the one program that never ceases to amaze me, that they are so unbelievably mediocre, is the Arizona Wildcats. Arizona produces really good talent, and they have produced really good quarterback talent, probably more so recently. And obviously, you know, their most famous player is probably Rob Gronkowski. But... I know they gave us our, our baseball coach. Still, they've had two 10-win seasons. Arizona. They've had two 10-win seasons. Now, Roby with the follow-up super chat. Florida State and Clemson coming to the SEC next. All right. That has been the most heavily rumored, those two schools. Number one. I don't think Greg Sankey is wanting to add teams at this point. They have such a great media deal. Obviously, adding the brands of Texas and Oklahoma is pretty big. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't I don't see them adding someone just for the sake of adding them. But, Roby, I, I might be in the minority here on this. Okay? And, and, th- and I know some people say that, and they actually share an opinion that's just, like, very common – But I really do mean this. Adding Florida State and Clemson doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, I think it's actually not a smart move. If I'm the SEC, these are the three schools I would target. If I wanted to actually move to an 18-team league to match whatever the Big Ten is going to do when Washington and Oregon inevitably join them, okay? I would add North Carolina for certain. Okay, North Carolina or Duke. You get good academics and uh, basketball obviously is is bigger in the SEC now. Doesn't get much bigger than those guys. You get the Charlotte market, okay? Definitely add one of those two schools. I would consider Virginia 
for sure as well. But I know this is going to sound crazy. I know this is going to sound crazy. Okay. I would add Notre Dame. I would. Obviously, it would be very interesting on our end, but I would do it. Now, I'm actually going to move on from this topic because I did lose 10 viewers on that. I think if, I think you guys are like me. I, I'm not a huge conference realignment guy. Um, but I'll move on to the next. But if you want me to continue as to why I think Notre Dame would actually be a good fit, um, feel free to super chat because I have a lot of thoughts on this. I've actually done a lot of reading on this. I really don't like realignment, but it's to the point now where I kind of want to get smarter on – conferences and media deals and all of that but i just all these acc schools with the acc deal it's 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 interesting um how they're locked in those deals till 2036 i i don't really get the allure of clemson i don't really get i get the allure of florida state i do but still i i'm mm -mm, not for me I would love North Carolina or Duke to join us. I would. SM, we, we started the show talking about that, but we can get back into it here in just a second. Okay. Now, do you want to bring this up as well? I forget. I'm rocking an old school PHL shirt. Only the OGs rock the old school PHL shirts but the good news is we have new PHL shirts get yours now goes a long way in helping support the PHL movement okay Steven says no to Notre Dame okay I'm rocking the old school PHL shirt I have updated this version of the shirt it's very simple and it looks very slick and I actually hired two models right here to do it. Rocket. Okay. There you go. I have the gray Heather shirt. Look at that. Look at that shirt. We also got tumblers. Here it is right here. Start drinking. I don't drink as much coffee as I used to. I'm going to start drinking some coffee out of this. Mugs and so much more. If you just want a shirt with the the, the logo on it, gonna get to it. PowerHourLSU.com. Let's go. Okay, John. Good to see you. It's been a while. Mick, get you a shirt, man. I know you want it. Michael B. I get that. I get it. Now, next thing. Here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do, Samuel. Since I've already talked about the DB drill thing, I I will talk about DBs again, Samuel. If you get you a PHL shirt right now, let's see. Uh, uh, Mal <laughs> I like the I, I I like the way you did this, Malik Nikoff. 
Hear Me Off, or the Maliknikov. Uh, that's good. I, Jordan, you might be the first person to come up with that. I know about Marvin, but who will be on the team with more big plays and big wins, not OSU? All right. Here's my biggest gripe with Ohio State football. They don't play a whole lot of compelling games. They really don't. And I know that's ironic considering uh, they played, you know, probably the best semifinal that we've had in the playoff. Um, yeah, Samuel, I got a few more hats, man. Hop on it. But, yeah, at this point, Malik over Marvin might not be that bad of a a play because Malik also has a new quarterback. Uh, Not Malik, uh, Marvin has a new quarterback. So I like that. And Jordan, thank you for your super chat. Let's go to Steven. No to Notre Dame at a North Carolina school and a VA school if the SEC elects to keep adding. (sighs) Okay. So North Carolina, I, I just think it just makes so much sense. I, I it really, really, really does. So I'm I'm down with North Carolina joining the conference. Um and a Virginia school, yeah. That would make a lot of sense. I wouldn't add Florida State and Clemson, even though their fan bases are in in football are are bigger. Uh they just are. Um you know, Virginia just doesn't really have a whole lot of success in football, but at least they give you something in, in basketball. And by something, I mean a team that routinely loses in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And then, of course, North Carolina is the basketball school. So uh, there you go. Sam, if you want a hat, hit me up, powerhourlsu at gmail.com. We'll get you all squared away. Um, but, yeah, like I said earlier about the um, – the DBs, um, they, they they had a tough day. You know, obviously Brian Kelly talked about the one-on-ones drills. But, you know, just based on everybody there telling me that that is what they saw, and, and you add all of it together, whether it's seven-on-sevens or, or whatever, you do begin to worry. Okay, it would be one thing if our first game was against, um, you know, nobody. But, you know, we're going up against maybe the the third best thrower in the sport uh, and Jordan Travis next year. Um, It's concerning. Okay. All right. Duke, North Carolina, Florida State, and Clemson, and take out OU, Texas, Missouri, and Texas A&M. It's called the SEC for a reason. But if if we want to get geography, is North Carolina considered the South? Also, as great as these brands are, all four of these brands that you mentioned are really good. 
Texas and Oklahoma when it comes to football is just so big. Missouri, I, I could see. I definitely could see uh, replacing them. And the same thing is true with Texas A&M. I don't think Texas A&M wanted Texas to join the conference. Okay. Let's go to Danny Girl. Is the new shirt the same fabric material and feel on the wall behind you? Let me see. Look at this, Danny. You're getting a full model here. Yeah, they look about the same. Look at this. Look at this. Okay, let's go. Let's go to Roby. Do and thank you for the super chat. I really appreciate it. Do I think Kamarion Pimpton resembles Eric Gilbert or Kyle Pitts at tight end? Oh, man. We're talking about two generational tight ends here. We're talking about Kyle Pitts. And we're talking about Kamarion Pimpton. I don't know who this Eric. I don't know who that is. Uh if I, if I knew who that was, it's been erased from my memory. Someone freaking Will Smith me. And I'm not saying punch me. Men in black, Will Smith. But good luck to Eric Gilbert at Nebraska. And I think Eric Gilbert was an okay player for us. Uh, he caught 35 passes as a true freshman. So he was okay. Got better as a blocker too. Wish him the best. But do I think Kamarion Pimpton resembles Eric Gilbert? I think he could be better. I do. I do. Now, obviously, Eric Gilbert and Kyle Pitts are generational players, okay, especially Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, for me, as far as, like, Pimpton is concerned, he's probably not as fast as Kyle Pitts or, or Gilbert. Um but his wingspan is is definitely longer. Pimpton's wingspan is NFL level. All right, and that's not a judgment call. It's a, an objective measurement of his wingspan. Okay. Um, my patrons know this because they've seen the grades. But Pimpton finishes a top five player in this class for me. Um, I, I think he's really good. I really do. I, it would be very difficult for me to not see him working out. Obviously, there is a physicality jump because he wasn't really a um, an inline blocker um, in, in high school, and that's okay. But he is so physically gifted, and... You know, you don't have to throw a perfect ball to him. He, he can find it and go get it for you. Um, so, yeah, I guess he's Kyle Pitts in, in that way. 
Um, but yeah, you know, once I, I, I put the Pimpton tape on, I was like, what the hell is this? Goodness. Uh, so I've been high from him, uh, high on him, uh, from the jump and, and yeah, it's going to be hard to, to feed everybody though. It's a lot of targets to go around. Okay. I do agree. Michael B. Kyle Pitts was special. But Dan Mullen only has himself to blame to not play him in that game versus us in 2020. They tried to get slick. Uh, this is true. Sibley's just telling the truth here. They they did they did do that. Um, especially on the defensive side versus our offensive line. So, yeah, come on, Pimpton. Watch out. So, everybody, welcome SNA gang to the channel. Welcome SNA gang. How is, uh, how do the linebackers look? Like pretty good. And when it's Harold Perkins and um, Omar Spates, can't really ask for much more than that. Greg Penn is a very experienced backup. I still think he's going to play a lot. And then Ovi Agufu, I spoke briefly with Ovi uh, a little bit earlier today. Um, I, I think he's going to be really good for us. I, I do. I think he's going to be very solid. He might not be Ojolari, but there's not many Ojolaris out there. I think he's going to be really good. I do. Um, and then after that, you know, how much will Jackson Howard play? I think Jackson Howard's going to play some. Really, really, really do. Um, I think, you know, uh, we talked a lot about West and Whit Weeks yesterday. Haven't talked a whole lot about Braden Swinson. Um, the transfer coming in from, from Oregon. He's originally a three-star from Georgia. I think he's, I think he's fine. He could give you some snaps. Uh, but it would not shock me if it's the Ovia Gufu, Jackson Howard, Womack show uh, next year. So we'll see. Mm. Yes, LD, we do have long sleeve T-shirts. Yeah. Right there. Esteban, good to see you. I just hope Pimp doesn't turn out to be another Jamal Pettigrew for us. Yeah, true story. I, I met Jamal Pettigrew's agent uh, this weekend in Chicago. Um, yeah, Pettigrew wasn't. Now he gave us a good special teams player. But yeah, you know, you do worry about that because you know if you are six seven which Pinton is he is a monster you know you, that's not that's not really the best football build because low man wins in football especially a tight end okay it could be that Mac Markway plays more than Pinton early on because he is you know um a true tight end. He is a true inline hand in the dirt kind of guy. Uh, but that's good. You know, Jackson McGohan as well is a very talented tight end. He's more of 
your Pimpton type, more of the receiver type. So, yeah, it's still. Pitts was a good, oh, annoying. Kyle Pitts is still really good. I, I mean, well, he was only a year two last year and he had Marcus Mariota throwing him the ball. Come on now. I can't believe I'm defending a Florida Gator and an Atlanta Falcon. But then again, here's something else. Okay. If Kyle Pitts wasn't Kyle Pitts, you would not have Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase together with the Bengals because the Falcons would have taken Chase probably um, over over Pitts. So we should be thanking Kyle Pitts. Um, one thing I, I, I would mention, and I know this is a little bit more film study E, um, I would expect LSU and I did a whole film study on this in the spring. I do expect LSU to run more jet sweep handoffs. To two players in particular, Aaron Anderson and Malik Neighbors. So I do think that is a play that you're going to see more of next year. It's an easy rhythm play. And overall, it's been a very successful play for SEC teams just in general. Okay. So I totally agree with you, Chance. Um, so deep pain, met deep pain this weekend in Chicago. Got Desmond Ritter throwing him the ball, yet Ritter stinks. I just don't think Desmond Ritter's good. There are some throws that that guy's made that are breathtaking, but you just don't see the consistency. Now, obviously, to a degree, we are pro Ritter because our offensive coordinator was his OC in college. Um, so, so yeah, that's funny. It's Canada back with this high school flanker jet sweeps. <laughs> I don't understand why Matt Canada, he's not a good NFL OC, I mean, Still, the one year he was with LSU, he was fine. And he wasn't, I'm not going to say he was like Steve Inswing or Joe Brady, but he was fine. He was fine for us. Now, I have a few of you that have reached out. Um, about uh, some, some PHL fantasy. Don't forget, Underdog Fantasy. We are proud partners with Underdog Fantasy. Okay? Promo code Carter if you want to draft with me this year. Okay? 
Underdog Fantasy, Underdog Fantasy.com. I love drafting on Underdog. Um, it's very easy, and they play best ball fantasy where they set your lineups for you every week. It is so much fun. Underdog Fantasy and Underdog Fantasy. Com. But you got to type the promo code Carter in, you get a deposit match bonus and all that good stuff. Um, and for the second consecutive year, we are doing a private PHL fantasy football league. Now, you have to be a patron in order to join the league. And like we did last year, uh, we Michael B was our champion last year. And... Who's the other? We, we had two different leagues because we had such high demand for it. Um, it was Michael B. And who was the champion in the other one? I think it was Dane or somebody. I have to go look it up. Um, I'm going to be giving away some of my favorite autograph cards. That's all I got to do. Sign up now. Underdog Fantasy, underdogfantasy.com. Okay? Link is down below. Now, Wilson did play versus us. He was a little banged up. Uh, this this is what you this is what happened. So Michael B he he um he got hurt in the game versus Duquesne in week zero, but he was still able to tough it out and play us, and and we could not stop him. He had a pretty solid game. Um, but you are right. He did. You are. Technically right, though, he did play hurt, and now we have to play him fully healthy with all their other skill guys that they have, okay? Ain't nothing like the real thing, baby. Like I said, I felt pretty good tonight by giving out the John Emery and Drew Brees cards. Okay, we are halfway, halfway there with the super chance tonight. I really do appreciate the love. Okay, ain't nothing like the real thing. Let's go, Cade. Hall of Fame game happening. Dorian Thompson Robinson QB in. I like DTR. Mm. Mm. Next thing. I'm going to ask a question. 
And I want you to be completely honest with me. All right. Now, I do not want you to include quarterback into this. All right. Because we're going to have a thousand Jaden versus Nuss conversations. Okay. When we've had those up to this point. But I want you right now. What's up, Presha? Good to see you. Is there a starter on this team that you feel is not the guy that you feel is the correct person starting at this position? Once again, exclude quarterback. All right. Here's the thing. You can still consider this player good. You just think somebody better um, could fill in. Sign up for the Patreon. You get a Joe Burrow card. We've been doing that uh, for, I think, a few months now. All right. Or is there anybody out there that you think should be starting? All right. So Precious says Major Burns is somebody he he could see someone else playing his position. So Precious, who do you think? And once again, this isn't you saying Major Burns isn't good. I think we all all can agree that Major Burns is a very good player. Okay. Noah Kane is that's that's an interesting answer. Womack, Deshaun, we got a lot of Deshaun Womack believers here. Kai Prian and Sheldon Sampson might be better than Kyron already. Okay. That's kind of bold, but I'm down with it. Brandon says it should be Logan Diggs as the RB one. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know about that. I, he is in my. He is one of the three guys I think would be in that mix. Okay. True, Michael. I, I think we all agree that the coaches know better than any of us because they are there. But Michael B, you're a super sharp guy. I think. I think everyone would acknowledge you're one of the sharpest guys. Uh, that that comments. I want your opinion. You think Lacey could be replaced? Okay. I just hope Kyron has one like super game this year at the very least, where he goes like two tutties and a hundred yards. So people don't always bring up the Texas A&M game or he was just a spring game star. (sighs) 
Samuel says Noah Kane looks slow and methodical. Yeah, explosiveness ever never really was his thing, right? Uh, he did have that long touchdown versus um, New Mexico, but yeah, there was competition, right? Um, but even yeah, he never was a home run hitter. Um, but he is a really good short yardage back. He does push the pile forward, and he played really well in some spots for us last year. You know, he almost sealed that Arkansas game with an absurd run at the end. Absolutely absurd run. Okay. Dwayne says, Charles Turner. Intelligent, but no beef. No beef. Payne believes Landon and Ibiata should get some run on kickoff and punt return. Sure, put him back there. But uh, I I do think um, Aaron Anderson is going to be the guy there. But I will also say this as well, D-Payne. Let's just say Aaron Anderson is super special. Let's just say he comes in and, and – he looks like Odell Beckham Jr., all right? Maybe you don't want him returning kicks, right? Odell did both kick and, and punt, but kickoff return can get gross. All right. Now, let's go to Esteban right here. This could be first-year jitters, but I'm not sold on Ramos. All right. I will say this. I have never seen a spring game performance that hurt a player more than Ramos. He was 10 of 14 last year on field goals. Um, you got you gotta remember when a field goal is blocked, it it, it counts as a miss, which I hate. okay it, sh- it shouldn't. Uh, so there you go. The freshman from Miami, Jalen Brown. Roby, thank you for the super chat. I really appreciate you. Do you, I see him playing any? He is one of the fastest on the team. Okay. I can see him playing. I, I do because of what you just said, right? He is um, a vertical threat. Now. Let's talk about offensive theory really quickly. Um, This is why being a receiver coach matters because they know this, but like most people don't, okay? On almost every passing route combination, there is a go route attached to it. So go route is is a nine. It's exactly what you think it is. You're just going straight. It's a vertical route, okay? So every play has it. But the design of a lot of these plays, or the progression, if you will, is not to go to the vertical route, okay? It's a clear-out route. That's what I call it. 
if you have a really fast player running that route, even if he's not the most, you know, polished player in the world, it in theory helps create lanes in the passing game because you have to respect it. The defense wants to not allow you to have the vertical route before anything else. Okay. So Jalen runs a really good nine. He runs a better nine than any of the freshmen that came into LSU this past year. The issue is that's basically what he's known for. All the other stuff, he's not the absolute sharpest, at least what I saw in high school. But obviously he possesses a lot of talent. He played in a very competitive league in Miami. We was going up against four and five star competition pretty frequently. Um, you know, for me, he was tied for the number three receiver that we brought in in this last class. And I, I think he can be something. I really do. But verticality, you can't teach that. Right. So I do think he's I do think he has a good shot of playing some. Um, so it's it's it should be interesting. Um but, you know, as far as being a complete wide receiver, I, I think Shelton Simpson, Kyle Parker are just a little bit more along the way in that aspect. But Jalen Brown, man, he can fly. He absolutely can fly. And that alone should give him some playing time. It should. Um, but, you know, for that role, you know, you got to beat out Chris Hilton, who's chomping at the bit to get himself more opportunities. Okay. Terrence Welch is better than Denver Harris. Oh, man. I should have Zippy Snack is on you next time after a hot take. But I like it. I do. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Denver Harris is going to be one of your first corners. Um, I think he'll play. Obviously, I really like him, but sometimes y'all miss. Um, apparently, Denver struggled today again. Now, I'm not going to back off until the actual games are played, but I loved him coming out of high school. I was thrilled when he picked LSU, and I'm still going to stand by my evaluation of him being a pretty good corner. Now, I didn't tell you it was going to be the next Patrick Peterson or anything like that, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. One thing I, I would and, – and honestly, this is going to sound like a put-down, and I know I'm going to get destroyed for this, but if I'm an LSU wide receiver – and I'm nowhere close to getting playing time. And I see the secondary just getting, let's just say it gets really bad. I'm going to the coaches and saying, look, give me a shot to play DB. F it. Pull the Alex Adams card out. Give it a shot. You never know. You never freaking know. What was it? Uh, Trevon Diggs? 
younger brother Stefan Diggs. He made the switch, and do you see the contract he just got? It's one thing if you're a linebacker, you know, switching to play running back. You know, going from, you know, a low-paid position to, you know, the least respected position when it comes to pay scale. But if you if you're a wide receiver and you just happen to be an elite DB, you're still getting paid. Corners still get freaking paid. Okay. Not nah, Samuel. I, I don't. I don't think. Do you, Samuel, do you think he can keep up with Malik Neighbors? Good luck. But like Roby said, the wide receiver room is stacked. It is stacked. Now, I've always said this: there are some LSU players that I think would have been really good on the other side of the football that they played, right? Ron Brooks, who's a friend of mine, was an offensive player. I think he would have been a great slot receiver. His ball skills are ridiculous. Alfred Blue, I think, would have been an all-time great linebacker. There's all kinds of, you know, because most of these players play both ways anyway. Um, I'm, I'm just saying. There is a far clearer path to playing DB than there is wide receiver. Okay. And the good thing about being a DB is five of those guys have to be on the field at one time. Sometimes four, but five. But once again, it is still early in the process. We'll see how the DBs come together. Trend in the holiday at defensive end. Why not? Why not try? Oh, man, that would have been sick. That would have been sick. There would have been... would have been sick. But, yeah, there's a lot of guys that, you know, could have... Could have done... Could have actually done better at the at another position. I'd run some three or four tight end sets. They they did run some four tight end sets last year. Um can you imagine Taylor Pimpton Green and Callaway on the field together? Ooh. That last name, Magic Johnson meme. Huh? Huh? But yeah, I, I do agree. I think we'll run more 13 and, and 12 going into next year. Marcus Spears, a tight end. I could see it. He obviously had really good ball skills, too. He rests on the D line. Him, him and Jared Lorenzen, man. 
would have been nasty three techniques. Michael Clayton at safety. I could see it too. See it too. But yeah, I, I don't know why. I mean, LSU's done a good bit of that. They've done a lot of defensive line to offensive line. Will Blackwell being one of those guys. Dare Rosenthal being one of those guys. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I, I, obviously, you know, Jaden, him and, him and Kayshawn just never really got it going. You know, the Florida game was a very good performance uh, from both of them. And then obviously uh, the Alabama game, same thing. Uh, but yeah, yeah. And Jaden also, you know, put the uh, force of ball to Malik some too. But you know, I, th- I go back, Michael B, to the um, to the Miss versus Mississippi State in the third quarter, and it was a very tough read to stick with Malik on the progression. It's from the third down film study that we did last week. So for pe- if, for people that want to see the breakdown of this, um, those kind of throws are really tough, but. There were instances where it did feel like Jaden was throwing the football to Kayshawn because he was Kayshawn. And we did play Kayshawn a lot in the slot. I, I, I've i said this on, you know, multiple shows now, but I, I would like to see more Malik in the slot this next year. Um, I, I just think he's, I just think he's going to eat there. It's part of the reason why I think he's going to be a really good NFL player because I think Malik is it's very effective in in all the receiver spots and his blocking is getting better. Uh, you know, he can take a handoff to the house. I mean, he can do everything. Now, everybody, welcome TJ. Andre Sam Thorpe season incoming. Ah, ah, ah. Hey, you never know. You never know. Got the number 19 uniform today. All right. Right now. Okay, because TJ's in here. We had a very good call earlier today. Don't say don't say it aloud, TJ. Had a very good call, though. Had a few good calls today. All right. I know you guys love some trivia. Who is the best number 19 on defense at LSU since 2007? Let's do that. Since 2007, who is the best number 19 at LSU since 2007 on the defensive side of the football? Give it your best shot. Give it your best. I think there's actually two different answers you could pick here. I think that I think there's two different answers you can pick. One a little bit more recent. Uh, 
But look, you guys got it. Look at this. Thomas commenting for the first time. We should do more trivia. I like that. Jonathan Xenon, you are right. But I think Thomas, I think, I think Thomas gets the um the, the edge here because he spelled it correctly. But shout out to Jonathan Xenon. I'm telling you right now. Glenn Dorsey gets all the love, and Craig Stelts had a very long NFL career. As did Ricky Dream Francois, those guys are beast. But Jonathan Xenon and Chevis Jackson are so underrated, it is not even funny. Because when you mention DBU, those names are never brought up. And rightfully so. There's eight corners minimum that are higher on that, that list. Okay. But what, what I would say about that is there's not many DBs that made clutcher plays in Jeffus Jackson, Jonathan Zenon. Part of it is because we played so many close games in 07, but gosh, dog it. Those dudes made such big plays. Obviously, Xenon, the biggest, the pick six versus Tennessee was so beautiful. But Chevis Jackson, the play on Terry Robisky in the end zone is the most under-talked about play in the 07 championship game because it should have been a touchdown. He stuck his hand in at the last second to, to, to strip the ball. And then the very next play was a Ricky Jean Francois blocked kick, which kind of became the iconic play of that game. Uh, so, man, Jonathan Zenon, what a dude. Let's go to Eddie Zen Turner. Everybody, welcome Eddie to the channel. I didn't hate on him. I, I, I've got a ton of Charles Turner cards uh, over here. I don't know what the hate on Turner at center comes from. Best OL last year with the least amount of sacks given up. Please watch film before you badmouth someone. Well, Eddie, good to wel welcome you to the channel. Um, I don't think anyone would disagree with you that Charles Turner saved our season, right? The Dellinger dis uh, decision at center – Ended up backfiring, and then obviously Charles came in and, and, and was our guy, right? And he was really good. Now, um, I would push back on this. I, I don't think he was the best offensive lineman uh, last year. I think he was very good. You can make a case that the center is the most important offensive lineman. That's, I'm happy to hear it. Um. So, least amount of sacks given up, true, but centers in general, uh, when it comes to like pass protection, they have one of the easier assignments. Now, once again, it's not easy, but centers in general don't give up as many sacks. Uh, but I didn't badmouth them. I think it was somebody else 
when we brought up the question. Okay. Now the narrative that Turner is on her side is also bogus. He's six four one two three oh five runs a four eight. And uh yeah, Matt Nagy, uh not Matt Nagy, Jim Nagy of the senior bowl actually did a whole video on that tweet a few weeks ago. Um so look. Uh, I'm guessing, uh, Eddie, you know Charles uh, in some capacity. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I think all of us would agree that Will's probably our best offensive lineman. He was our best offensive lineman last year. Okay. Now, I have a lot of parents and family members that watch this channel. I'm always respectful. Uh, and like I always say, I cheer for every player on this team. Um, but I, I will also say this. I think even you, Eddie, could could mention this and and agree with this. Marlon Martinez is right there. Okay, there is some serious competition at center. Now, Brian Kelly did state pretty clearly that Charles Turner and Marlon Martinez are the one-two there. And I'm not just saying this because Eddie's here. I would say this is. Anybody from the Martinez um, family or friends were watching this. Um, I think Charles deserves to be our center. He's well-liked in the building. He's got a great personality. He's got a big smile. And I think part of playing the center position, you have to be likable, right? Uh, you got to make the calls. You got to be cerebral. Um, but I will say, I, I to, to Eddie's point, you know, Jim Nagy, we, we did – now, I don't remember which live stream it was. I probably should start labeling them. Um, so we'll move on to a different topic because it was super chatted. Okay? Pretty excited about TJ. Pretty excited about the super chat. How does the deep running back room hurt Jaden's rushing stats in the potential Heisen campaign? Okay. Here's the good news, TJ. It doesn't. Okay. It, in fact, probably helps them because there, there won't be a guy that has a ridiculous amount of rushing yards. I like Logan Diggs a lot. You will not find anyone that has spoken more highly of Josh Williams than me. All right. Um, uh, it's it's just ridiculous. And I've said this plenty of times over and over again. Josh is the one player on this team that when you actually go rewatch the games, normally it's an offensive lineman, ironically, because if you're rewatching a game, you, you start looking at just more little things. But it actually was Josh Williams this year. Like 2019, when I go through and rewatch the games, that guy was Damian Lewis for me. Like, Every time you watch, you watch Damian Lewis. It's like, okay, he was really good. He was very underrated. But like last year, it was Josh Williams. Like, God bless. He just did all the little things. And I I know I, I it's the same thing with Charles and Marlon or anyone else. I'm always cheering for the three-star recruit. So, especially if you're a two-star walk-on. Um. But the good thing is, uh, 
none of the running backs, I, I think, will bell cow the job where they're so much better than anyone. The only guy I think that could do that is actually Caleb Jackson. And we haven't seen him play yet. That's the main reason. Um, so, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to bell cow it. But here's something to consider when Jaden Daniels is your quarterback. All right. If you are an elite runner and you know you're an elite runner, okay, you do not spread the football around as much as a pocket quarterback would, okay? Um, so, yeah, I think I, I, I think Jane's rushing numbers are going to be just as good as they were last year. Now, our hope is his rushing numbers actually go down some and he becomes a far better passer. But what I would also say about that, TJ, is a quarterback scramble is a very analytically sound play. Okay? Is a very analytically sound play. Now, why is that? Because Jaden, who is as fast as basically any of our ball carriers at any position, really, um, you know, he doesn't fumble. If you throw the football, you had the case of a drop, a ball getting deflected in the air. Obviously, we need Jaden to throw the football more. But he is such a good runner that when he takes off and runs, it's actually a semi-positive because he is so explosive. Um, so, yeah, I think the way everything is set up right now for Jaden TJ, he couldn't ask for anything more for a Heisen campaign. He has the same OC, the same head coach, the same center, the same offensive tackles. And the one wide receiver that he did not have much chemistry with left. Now, he did lose Jure Jenkins um, as well. And I think losing Jure might hurt a little bit because he was so clutch and timely. And his football IQ and experience really helped us out. But still. Let's go to Sibley. Cheer up, Carter. I do. Do I not seem cheery? Cheer, cheerio. I, I I guess I need more energy. Is, is this Sibley calling me out for a, a lack of energy? That's crazy. Well, Sibley, you know I trust your opinion more than anybody. Okay. Do I think that the statistically sophomore jinx or second year will jump on the Tigers? Can LSU play up to expectations that is flowing from the press? Is last year's success our biggest opponent? Okay. So I, I love a Sibley super chat because sometimes it's better to start from the back and work your way to the front. Okay. So let's start from the, from the end here. Is last year's success our biggest opponent? Yes and no, all right? Because obviously we're really good. We won the West. Great season. We're picked to finish fifth. Um, 
I do think, though, at LSU, it's not that big a deal. Because let's just say Arkansas was us last year. That's a big deal if Arkansas wins the West. That sends shockwaves throughout all the sports world if Arkansas wins the West. Okay? That's Leicester City winning the Premier League level of craziness. All right? That is Leon Spinks upsetting Mike Tyson. Or was it, was it Spinks Ali? I don't know. Either way. Us winning the West is not that big a deal. It's a big deal because it's Brian Kelly's first year. But at LSU, we're a national championship level program. And that's all that matters. Okay. Can LSU play up to expectations that is flowing from the press? I think by design, Brian Kelly lowered the expectations with some of his comments throughout the middle of the season. But it is kind of strange that you know everyone's kind of pushing back against Nick Saban when Alabama was still picked to finish to win the West. But yes, the expectations are so unbelievably high when at this point it's pretty clear we have some huge question marks on this team. Okay. Um, also something else, and, and this isn't a jinx towards LSU football. All programs go through this. But how you handle adversity before the first game even plays is also very interesting. Um, Every year, there is always some kind of shocking news that comes out of left field, right? So a few years ago, it was um, uh, Miles Brennan and the flip-flop incident. And then obviously right now we're dealing with, you know, Jimmy Lindsay. It's a big loss, your defensive line coach uh, with with – you know, his health situation, I, I, I feel so bad for him. Um, I, I hope he's good. I really, I really, really, really do. So, you know, there's so much stuff that can happen from now until the start of, you know, this next season. We'll see what the AP polls say on Monday. Um, but, yeah, the expectations are, are, are so high. But – the first thing the, – the, the reason why I wanted to start with this first question, and I was actually going to save this for Sunday night's live stream, but well, we'll talk about it now. Do I think that the statistically sophomore jinx or second year will jump on the Tigers? Okay. Now, this is where it takes an open mind for what I'm about to say. Okay. The 2022 LSU Tigers statistically – were not that great of a team, okay? Now, the good news is statistics don't matter. The only thing that matters are wins and losses. And we won 10 freaking games, and we won the West last year. That's all that matters, and that's what that team will be remembered for. And people always remember endings. We had one of the best dominant bowl performances we've ever had. Um but statistically, we, we were not where we needed to be. We were not at a championship level statistically. And we, we touched on a few of the uh, the stats. Um, yards per play, you know, you need to be in that 6.2 range. We end up being around that 5.9 versus power five competition. Defensively, 
our yard per play numbers kind of sagged after the Texas A&M and, and Georgia performances. Um, we were in the middle of the pack when it comes to yards per play, um, which obviously, you know, I, I think the team would tell you it's just not good enough. We, we've got to be more explosive and we've got to be more consistent. And some of that is the lack of depth, right? So also something else about like the statistics aspect of it. Um, you know, we, we've, we, we, we got to have a few more dominant performances. The sign of a championship team more often than not is you, you handle good teams. I mean, you, you'll blow the break off of good teams. And last year against some teams that really were kind of middle of the pack teams, we, we, we were in some dog fights with those kinds of teams. You will know if this team is really a championship team not with the Florida State game, because Florida State has a championship-level roster. If LSU is truly a championship team, the 11 a.m. game versus Mississippi State in Week 3, if we blow the brakes off of them in a road game where we didn't play our best football and in an 11 a.m. setting where we didn't play our best football last year, that is a sign you are a really good football team. Okay? Um but if, if we're kind of in like a back and forth dogfight with a team I don't think is going to be really good, then, you know, we're probably closer to, you know, a team that we had last year, which was a really good team and a championship team. Now, that's why Brian Kelly, if you listen really closely, you got to listen really closely. He talks about the championship standard and getting to that standard. And he has made it very clear that we're still a little bit away from actually getting on that Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State level where you are predicted to basically be in the playoff every year. Um, and, and those little things are some of the things that Brian Kelly's talked about. Now, once again, what last year's team accomplished is nothing short of incredible from the players to the coaches. And I'm objectively just telling you that. Um but at the same time, statistically, we can actually get better. And that's actually a good thing because I think the players know it. I think the players know that uh, we played some games last year that we were fortunate to win. And this year, I think this team will be dominant. And we will have more games where it's like, okay, we are those BAMFs. Okay. lights went out at the NFL game. It's crazy. Hopefully I answered your super chat question the best I possibly could, Sibley, because it was a really good one. It was layered, and I like those. But, yeah. <laughs> Offensively, we do need to be more explosive. Okay. I, I just think Jane's going to be a really good football player for us. I really do. He was a good football player for us last year.
Gotta have faith. You're all right about that, John. EMFs. Let's go, Thomas. Get on my level, son. Get on my level. I think Thomas is on my level. And look at this. We have reached the hundo mark. Here we go. Who is winning this? That's all I want to know. Who deserves a John Emery and Drew Brees combination? You let me know. Y'all can nominate whoever you want in the chat. Nominate whoever you want. So here's what I'm going to do. I think um, I'm going to send this to Eddie. Eddie, I, I I don't know. I don't know your relation to to, to Charles. I don't know his his family members' names. But um, let me know, Eddie, your your relation uh, to Charles, because I see the last name Turner there. Uh, but let me see. Who who am I? Who deserves a, a Drew Brees John Emery combo here? Who deserves it? Let's see. You nominate Doug Knows? Let me see. Is Doug in here? I'm not giving it to... If Doug's in here, I'll send it to him. Oh, he is in here. Doug, you won something recently, didn't you? Uh, oh, I know who... I know who deserves this. I know who deserves this. I and Doug Knows. I love him like a brother. I think I sent him uh, something pretty big. Um... Let's send this to Roby, Michael Roby. I think Roby deserves it. He's been supporting me for a while. I don't think I've ever actually sent Roby anything. Uh, he's been rocking with me for a while. So Roby, type Y for yes, type in for no. Let me know. Uh, it, no, 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 TJ. You can nominate whoever, whoever you want, man. Uh, Doug's my guy. Doug's one of my closest buds on here. So I know he'd be cool uh, with somebody else. Now, if this was a driver slangy card, I know Doug loves him some juice. He he might have had a different opinion. Um. So Roby, let me know. I think I have Roby's info anyway. Okay. I don't. I don't think I've ever given Roby anything. What's up, Lamar? Good to see you. Who's the all first off the bus team? That's good. So 
I love it when I get questions like this because first off the bus, like there's three different LSU buses, okay, whenever they travel to a stadium. So really technically first off the bus, you can only really have like one person first off the bus, but that's too easy. So let's give two. Let's give a a top six first off the bus. Um, definitely Lance Hurd. Definitely Lance Hurd. Okay. Um, Lance. Um, I, th- I think I, th- I think Lance is definitely him. All right. Um, he is the most interesting built offensive lineman I've ever been around. So I think I think Lance would be that and Mason Smith. I think those would be my first two. Um, and then after that, definitely Will. I'd probably say Will. Uh, you want, and I want Pimpton coming off the bus. Okay. And then my final two picks were the third bus. Oh, we got to pick the most intimidating players here. Okay. The biggest, baddest dudes on the team. Okay. And that is without reasonable doubt. Jay Bramblett and Slade Roy. Yes. If Slade Roy is coming off the bus, the other team stands no chance. Okay. So there you go. This isn't the first time we've done this, so I'm actually going to send this to Eddie. It is his brother here defending his brother. We can all respect that. So, uh, Eddie, I, I, I don't, I don't know if you have any of these or not, but I'm actually going to send this to you. So, Eddie, shoot me an email: powerhourlsu at gmail.com. We welcome you to the community. Um, I'll send this to you. There's only 20 of these copies made it of this card. And your brother signed all these on the card itself. And I think this is actually my last Charles Turner autograph. So there you go. We are Slade Roy propagandist on PHL. So congratulations, Eddie. Okay, so you have one, give it to a kid or somebody. So we'll save this for the next live stream. Actually, I might actually have to hold on to this one because these are kind of rare, and I don't want to give away all. Because if Charles Turner has a big game, like let's just say he's just mowing people down, um, I might need to hold on to this one. Um So, Roby, this is going to you. Send me an email, Roby, powerhourlsu at gmail.com. Okay. All right, there you go. I appreciate that. That's okay, Pressure. If you have that opinion, you think Marlon Martinez is a guy? Understand, though, this is brother you're going up against. He's going to defend his, his, his brethren. Cody L, whoa, good to see you. Omar Spates or Harold Perkins? I would actually say Spates. 
because he's going to play a little bit more traditional linebacker, and I think we're going to move Harold around a little bit. But I, I could see either one. And uh, here's Michael B. Can I hear more about Omar Spates? To be honest, I don't know a whole lot about him. Very good question. So, they don't play the same position, but Omar Spates is a very similar transfer to Jarek Bernard Converse. Okay? So, huge difference. They play different positions. But they were all conference performers in a lesser conference on a lesser team, but they're really good players. So we have um, we, we we have uh, quite a few really good transfers on this team, but no one that has quite proven himself quite like Omar Spates. He is a four-year starter at Oregon State. He was an All Pac-12 performer last year, and he had an orange hair. Okay. Um, he doesn't have orange hair now. Obviously, he's put in a lot of work. LSU's given him, you know, the highest honors for all-field um, excellence, and the team has already kind of looked at him as a leader. Um, LSU gave him the number one uniform. Okay, you don't just give that to anybody. Uno, we know about the single-digit numbers. So, how good is Omar Spates? Well, he is a sideline to sideline linebacker. He's got a lot of speed. Like he's not the absolute fastest blazer, like, you know, say someone like a, like a Patrick queen, maybe, but he's really good. They're very similar. Actually, those two players, uh, the, and, uh, Omar's really good. He's just a really good football player. Now, what I would say as, you know, a little bit of a, a follow-up to that, is um is there there were some instances where you know teams would be able to 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 run at him a little bit sometimes so I think like I watched his Oregon game and it was it was fine but you know still I I think he's really good I mean that's just trying to poke holes and and to him as a player I I think he's going to be a really good player I really do. Um, now, as you know, Michael B and, and my patrons know this as well. I'm not on fire about some of these transfers that came over. Um, once again, I'm cheering for all of them. It's just their film just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So, so yeah. Perkins should have more TFLs. Let me see. I kind of want to go see if I have another one of these Charles Turner cards. Who will be number 18 this year? Yeah, I think I think it's pretty clear it's going to be Josh. I think you can get a double 18 this year, get Josh on offense and Wingo on defense. Or I could see Major Burns on defense. 
Now, Mike says the transfer players' films are not good, which is a reason why they're transferring. Some of them are really good. So, like Omar Spates, his film is really good. But for the most part, this is true. Okay, this is true. Now, there are some players like Ovia Gufu has pretty good film. Um, so, and he's starting. He's starting. They gave him the single digit number. I mean, he, I think he can really play. Um, he might not be like the absolute, like most spectacular pass rusher, but I think he's really good. He's going to start. He's going to play a lot for us this next year. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I looked at some of the players and I was like, man, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. So congrats to Roby. Now, what we're going to do? I, I, I do think Ovi's going to be a pretty solid player for us. I, I highly recommend you go listen to our interview with him. Okay? Now, in the next five to ten minutes, I will answer as many questions as I possibly can. But if you want to keep this going... Feel free to super chat. We'll keep this party moving all night long. Okay. We'll keep it going all night long. Okay. Now, at this point, you can also ask me non-LSU football-related questions. Okay. We get into different topics at this point in the live stream as well. I'm very blessed that on 1012... On a Thursday night, there's 96 of you in here. It's a very, I'm blessed to get to do this. It's because of you guys. All right. Our live stream schedules. It's about to change some because we're going to have pregame, halftime, and post games, obviously on Saturdays. But Sunday nights, 8.15. Tuesdays, Thursdays, 8.15. And then we have the very popular Wednesday night at 6 p.m. live streams. Okay. All right, let's go to Roby. Trade Zion at the deadline. Man, it, it's just amazing how much leverage the star NBA players have. It's crazy to me. I mean, he's barely played. Um, I don't know if you can do that, though. I don't know. Cody, you know, one of my favorite things about tonight's live stream is we have talked no recruiting. It was so refreshing. I have not mentioned Colin Simmons at all, but I'm glad you did. All right. I can't play the clip because I think it has some music in there, but I think my voice was used for the Colin Simmons um, recruiting Video. Let me see. Can I play it? 
me see. James, you're a first timer. I'll get to it immediately after this one from Romy. Cash money or no limit? Okay. It's kind of tough. Let me pull up uh, their full rosters. All right. So no limit is Snoop Dogg, Mystical, C Murder, Romeo, Soldier Slim, Master P. Cash Money, Lil Wayne Drake, Nicki Minaj, Juvie. I think that's not even close. I mean, let's be real. Um, thank you, John. I appreciate it. Uh, so I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go cash money. Um, I, I. It could just be my namesake. I'm always gonna, you know, if there if there's a battle between Lil Wayne and somebody else, I'm probably gonna pick the Lil Wayne side of it. By the way, you do know. Jay-Z and Lil Wayne, what is the one thing? Y'all let me know in the comment section. What is the one thing Lil Wayne and Jay-Z have in common? Let me know. Okay. Let me know. John, I appreciate it. John, you get to pick the next question. Go right on ahead. Everybody, welcome James to the channel. James, this is crazy, man, that you and your significant other right here went to a black tie affair where you stood on the walls. I mean, that must have been a crazy black tie affair that y'all two had the abilities to stand on the wall. That is crazy. I bet you the photographer is like, whoa, what the heck is James doing here? I mean, my goodness, what the heck? Huh? Huh? Oh, man. I bet, I bet you the photographer saw, saw them walking along the side of the wall. Like, a, dude, are y'all related to Peter Parker? What the heck? It's a good question. When a player puts his name up for a transfer, do they have to leave the team, pack up everything, and go? Uh, in fact, James, it is uh, the exact opposite. Okay. Um, and y'all look great, and I understand the photo is just not right. Um, when you transfer, you put your name in the transfer portal, and you can do whatever you want. It is not until you actually sign, all right, that you have to pack up and, and, and leave. You can always come back, right? 
Now, when you enter your name in the portal, you in theory can still play a game for that team. Okay. Now, once again, there's transfer portal windows now, but like, for instance, Sam Hartman entered his name into the transfer portal, or he at least declared that he was intending to enter his name in the portal. And he still played the bowl game for Wake Forest. Okay. Now, it is also the team's decision. If you say, hey, I want to enter the portal, a team could say, all right, we're not letting you back. All right. So you would have to pack up and go. All right. And it also, James, comes down to whose decision was it to transfer? Because we could talk about if this is even a morally right or wrong thing to do. You can get processed or cut, which is something – I thought Deion Sanders did this year. That was very eye-opening for a lot of people. I just like that Deion was very straightforward saying, hey, you can get cut. So, yeah, they do technically leave the team, but they, they, they may not leave until they actually find another school. So, James, let me know. Everybody, welcome James to the channel. I'll throw some clap emojis in there for James because we, we want as many new PHLers. Dang, Tony the Tiger coming in. Hi, you've been a little quiet tonight. I know you've been spending a lot of time with the daughter. Once again, shout out to all the super dads of PHL. Cash money still going. If John asked a question with this super chat. Okay. Okay, so John wants to talk uh, some baseball. Okay, that's down. Can LSU baseball go back-to-back? All right. I won't spend too much time on it because it's not baseball season. And I am – I'm always very clear. I'm not the super baseball expert. They can. Okay, people that know more about baseball than me tell me that the transfer portal, our pitching staff could be deeper. Now, it won't be better because it's impossible for a pitching staff to get better when you lose Paul Skeens and – um, what's his name? The number nine, uh, Ty Floyd, also drafted really high. Uh, but yeah, this pitching staff could be really good. I know we lose Dylan Cruz, but now we get Tommy White back, obviously, and we get Jared Jones. Apparently, Jared Jones is the next great thing. So yeah, LSU baseball could definitely go back to back. I, I doubt that this team is going to be better than this last year's team. Just, I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, you don't lose Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz and and not hurt some. Um, but I think the key thing to this, John, is I think Jay Johnson is truly built mentally like a guy, kind of like a Saban. Right. He he wants to be truly goaded. You can just kind of tell with this personality uh, and how he, you know, handles this business. Uh, but I'm glad you got to go to Omaha. Omaha is incredible. It just is. Thank you. Golden boot. 
You you always say that when when you jump in. Please tell me that you just said that and you didn't actually answer uh the question. Please tell me you didn't see the initial question because that would have been impeccable timing. Um, but it is the fact that they share a name that is the best name of all time. Now, I will say, all right, I'm going to let you all in on something that I've been dealing with for a few years now. Uh, I like the nickname The Power. I like the Carter. Oh, you didn't see it? Oh, my God. That timing is so epic. Oh, that timing is so epic. So the question was uh, Roby super chatted. And then, and then people were talking about Jay-Z and, and Lil Wayne. I said, what do both of those fine young gentlemen have in common? And uh, you just happened to answer the question with your same introduce, introduction. Um, yeah, James, that's why I'm here, man. I hope you feel welcome, brother. Uh, we have live streams Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. And I like the tuxedo. I don't fit a tuxedo well. Because I got thick thighs. And the, the thing that, here's the thing I don't like about tuxedos is the cufflinks. The cufflinks are always extra. I can't be the only one that when I wear a tuxedo, I can't enjoy myself because I'm so damn scared I'm going to lose those stupid cufflinks. And you guys know how these tuxedo rental places are. Oh, you, you lost a cufflink? That that costs two dollars to make. We're gonna have to charge you twenty seven dollars to replace it. Okay. But yeah, I, I, was, I, I like a good LSU baseball question. I will say this. All right, as much as we're talking about LSU football going into next year. Nobody comes close to the pressure that Kim Mulkey and the women's basketball team is going to have going into next year. Because if we do not win this thing next year, the level of you-know-what talking is going to go to the next level. Okay? There you go, TJ. Yeah, we're behind old Charles Turner. Heck, he wears the nicest number you possibly could wear in all of football. And you guys, yeah, you know that number. Nice. Nice and nice. What's a Parlaris? Sportsman 850. That kind of sounds like a side-by-side or a very fancy fishing wheel. Wheel. A wheel. It's a wheel. No, it sounds like a fancy fishing reel. The Polaris Sportsman 850. I love it. Freaking love it. All right, Eddie, we'll see you, man. Yeah, John, dude, they're going to be. Everybody wants them to lose next year. Everybody, dude. 
God, dude, they're gonna be so freaking stacked. I don't even, I don't even know how it's gonna work, but it's gonna be fun. I'm so freaking excited, man. Oh, it's a four wheeler. Ha ha ha! I was close. What's the difference between a four wheeler and a side by side? TJ is dude. They're gonna be so so much fun. I kind of wish though. Like, I know, like, Haley's going to be the starting point guard, right? I kind of wish that we had one more year of Alexis Morris. Just one more year. But who wouldn't want one more year of Alexis Morris? Now, I will say this. It is an objective fact now, outside of Livy, um, Angel's the biggest star on campus. Now, I shared the story about seeing her last weekend in, in Chicago for the autograph signings. She, her celebrity is just so crazy. Like, the freaking Cardi B music video, like... That just seems like that happened like eons ago. But just think about like the, the Cardi B music video was months after the national championship game. But think about all the other stuff that she's done since then. She w- played for Team USA in in a tournament. She's done all these massive autograph signings. She won the BET Female Athlete of the Award. She won the SB Award. Mm. Yeah, Cortland, you're right. Ladasia Williams. Now, I will I will say this one thing about LSU women's basketball. All right. I'm telling you right now, it is still so wild. All right. It is still so wild to me that nobody And I mean, nobody talks about that Utah game that happened in Greenville, South Carolina in the Sweet 16. That game is etched in my memory, how it ended, the air ball free throw from the other team. There were some other things that happened. Like, I actually went back and rewatched that game. And there were some other things that happened in that game that made me go, wow. And one final thing, and I promise I'll end on some football stuff here. Okay. The women's basketball officiating is so bad. It is so bad. Like, I think we would have beat the crap out of Iowa, but that Caitlin Clark technical foul wasn't even like the top 10 worst things I saw. And I watched a lot of women's basketball, um, and especially in the postseason. The, the refereeing is so bad. It's so bad. But I will say that the women's game does a lot of things better than the men's game. Yeah, TJ, they're different. Uh, yeah, they're Moro is definitely more of a 
guard forward. Um, and Ladeja Williams was kind of a kind of a grinder um, in in the paint. And she won us a Utah game. I'm telling you, go back and rewatch that Utah game. And the reason why I say you, you should is because, you know, no one really remembers that game. You only remember the Caitlin Clark game and the Virginia Tech game. And you also remember the first games and because they were at home. But watch that Utah game. And just count how many truly miraculous things had to happen. And if we lose that game, all of this stuff just does not happen. All of this stuff, this life-changing stuff. And that game probably earned a lot of people on that team at least an extra 50 to 100K. For basically everybody on that team. It's crazy to me. And we mentioned it. Um, so it was BTSB getting paid, obviously, for all these autograph signings. It's crazy. It's crazy, dude. They're, they're the Beatles, man. All right, so uh, we had a few Super Chats picks in there, so we'll do it again. Next five to ten minutes, I'll answer as many questions as we possibly can. But if you Super Chat, we'll keep it going. All right. Have I watched any of the Women's World Cup, and do you think the ladies can pull it out? All right. I did not stay up to watch the Portugal game. I watched the Vietnam game. I watched the Netherlands game. We are playing the absolute worst I've ever seen a U.S. women's soccer team play. Now, being a soccer player, I'm passionate about it, especially U.S. soccer. The thing that's driving me wild, Pegasus, to add the men into it as well. We're, we're like women's, we're, we're the best team in the world. Men's, we are not. But one thing they have in common is we are not playing tactically great soccer. I don't like the style of play for either one of those teams. Uh, we don't have a midfield. Uh, now, I'm biased because I'm a midfielder. But games are won in the midfield, okay? And until you see a team that has talent but doesn't have a midfield like we have right now, um, you begin to see how bad your teams can play. And there's no build-up play. There's it's stale. There's no creativity. Um, we I, quite frankly didn't look good versus Vietnam, and you know they have limitations, obviously. So we won that game. The Netherlands, dude, they outclassed us. They were knocking the ball around us. They looked like freaking prime Messi, Xavi, and Iniesta Barcelona versus us. And Lindsay Horan saved us. And then the Portugal game is a, a disgrace. Um, and I only saw highlights of that game, but still. We don't have a midfield. Our tactics are horrible. Um, I, I would not keep this coach even if we do win it. And, yeah, I, I, it doesn't look like we have much of a game plan. Okay. And once again, 
I, I support the women's team. But if you want to get deep cut, and I know this isn't the place to get deep cut into soccer, all right? We are the, the stars of U.S. soccer are always going to be Hope Solo, Brianna Scurry, Mia Hamm, Abby Wambuck, Megan Rapino. But the reason why we won all these tournaments is because we had these grinders in the midfield. We had freaking Shannon Box, Michelle Akers, those types of players. Um, uh, Lauren Holiday. Um, she she was so great. I met her. She's Drew Holiday's wife, but she's a far better soccer player than Drew was as a basketball player. Uh, she's a legend. And I know she was more like an attacking midfielder, not really a like midfielder, midfielder, but God, those, those players, we don't really have that right now. And uh, some of it, I think is tactics. Um, but yeah, we just, we just, we just like creativity. Hell yeah, TJ, let's get on a call. We'll talk about it, man. Uh, it's interesting. I think, Tyler Elliott might be going to Chelsea. I think that would be a good good fit, even though that would hurt my feelings really badly. Everybody, welcome Skylo to the channel. I love this name. Look, speaking of Carters, I like it. Everybody, welcome Skylo. What do I think about LeTerrence Welsh? Okay. Uh, I'm trying to make sure we get all our first-timers questions answered. Uh, James, I mentioned this briefly a little bit earlier. It's a Mississippi State game. If we can dominate Mississippi State, I know that sounds crazy, but that's a sign that the team took um, took a step in the right direction because we struggled on the road and we struggled at 11 a.m. games. Um, great teams, it doesn't matter when you play, it doesn't matter who you play, uh, they beat down whoever's in front of them. Okay, and our best teams of all time did that. All right, and our best teams of all time are 2019 LSU and obviously 2011 LSU. Um, LaTerrence Welsh obviously is a very solid prospect coming out of Lafayette. You know, I cheer for the 337. Four-star top 150 recruit. Obviously, you know, one thing that, that really hurt him was his, his, his injuries. Uh, he, he was very hurt as a high school player. That sucks. Nothing really could do about that. And he enters a, a very interesting era of his career. So, you know, he, he came in with uh, Will and all these guys. And, you know, last year he played some special teams. And, you know, it, it was kind of up and down for him, you know, as far as like special teams is concerned. And now he has this massive spring game. Okay. And him and Jordan Allen both get a single-digit number. Uh, Let Le- Terrence Welsh will wear number five. Jordan Allen will wear number six. Um, I think Welsh is very solid. I, I think he's probably a year away. Uh, but, yeah, you know, the injuries was tough. It was kind of a tough uh, – Skyler, if you are new, I do my own evaluations for every high school player. And it's always tough when, you know, you don't when, – when, when he's hurt, right? Um but yeah, I, I I always thought he was probably more of a year two, year three guy. Obviously, playing corner is really hard at the Division One level. Um, so yeah, 
I think the question, Skylo, comes down to it. I'm, I'll, I'll, answer, I'll ask this to you, PHL Nation. Do you feel that Terrence Welsh is ready to start at corner at a Division One Power 5 level? Okay. Now, I do think, and I'll still stand by this, I do think this is a good year to start and play corner uh, in the SEC because I do think the quarterback and receiver play – took a hit with the teams that are on our schedule. Okay. A lot of the teams that we play lost really good receivers and they lost their quarterbacks. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, 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 th- I think Welsh has a good shot um, in this cornerback room to earn himself some playing time. I don't think he will start versus Florida state. I don't, but I think he'll play. I think he'll play. And he should play. He deserves it. Uh, I've seen people say our second team could win this World Cup, so they have depth. You just have to use it. I will say this, Pegasus. Now, I'm not watched as much, but as much as we've complained about the U.S. team, Germany hadn't looked great. Brazil got knocked out. Canada's star player, I think they got knocked out, if I'm not mistaken. So a lot of the world powers have have apparently struggled um, up to this point. So it's not really just anything. But as you can see, I'm really passionate about the women's team. I think it's great. Um, In my favorite sport that, you know, these women really – push forward, you know, equality um, and more viewership to a dominant world power women's team. And, um, and yeah, for me, tactically, I, it's kind of hard to switch up what you, what you're going to do, but this is just a memo to anybody starting to coach soccer. You, you you've got to have a midfield. Like you just do, like, it's not the most important position right? It's not the hardest position, okay? Because if it was, I wouldn't have been able to play it uh, as long as I was able to play it. Um, but you got to have it. Like, it's not something, like, it's just, it. there's just, you're never going to see a team that does not have a strong middle. Like, it's just, you got to have it, especially in these tournaments that are kind of like these grinder kind of tournaments. Like, it's, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of fighting in the middle of the field uh, for loose balls and stuff like that and possession because um, th- these players don't have a whole lot of chemistry. Um, so yeah. Oh, this is cool. Love that.
This realignment stuff is just blowing my mind. It really is. I still can't believe it. I still I still can't freaking believe it. Oh man, there's so many Pegasus. Honestly, like I would like to go to an egg bowl, but it's always on Christmas. Christmas. It's always on Thanksgiving. Um I guess Ohio State, Michigan, I think would be the answer to that. I've never been to a game in the Big Ten. And I don't think I've ever seen Michigan play in person. I've seen Ohio State uh, in the Sugar Bowl three different times. Yeah, three different times. All right, all you cool cats and kittens. We've had a great live stream. Special shout out to our big Drew Brees and John Emery winner, none other than Roby. One of our many super chatters tonight, Roby, Jared, Jordan, Steven, Alan, Danny Girl, Danny, one of my BFFs, DJ, Sibley, always holding it down. Appreciate you. Lamar with an all-time super chat question here. Love Omar Spates chatter. And John, thank you for the super chat. I really appreciate you guys. Now, don't worry. All you Gentiles will be back in action Sunday night. But if you are a patron, you will have an extra film study in your Patreon page tomorrow. Okay. Good little Jaden, Garrett, Ricky uh, film study from this first practice. So you'll love it. Okay. If you want to join our Patreon, link is down below. If you sign up, guess what? You get a Joe Burrow card in the mail from yours truly. I'll be chatting in the Discord, also a part of the Patreon. In just a second, okay? It is power hour LSU. Boom! 
And tonight we are doing Oh um Haley got like this lamb Greek kind of stuff from Trader Joe's. Let's go. With some pita bread. Let's go. 